This week on Backyard Footy. I think governing bodies all over the all over the world are gonna have to come together and say, look, this is a one strike and you're out of the game right, situation. Right. And we're all gonna have to come together. Right. Uh, look, you know, racism is is not is not a football problem, mm-hmm. right? It's a society it's a societal problem. Uh, but football and sport is a big part of society. Mm-hmm. And I think we can be leaders in that. You don't hear that happening in America. Mm-mm. We got we got racism in America, don't we? Yes, we do. Oh yeah. Yeah, but you don't you don't see that. Now, if something like that, let's just say in an MLS game, mm-hmm. a fan threw a banana at a black player, mm-hmm. right? Um, what probably would happen was would be that person would be instantly mauled and taken out by by people sitting next to them. Yo, 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 what's up, footy fans? It's your host, Hugh Roberts, a.k.a. Superhuman. Follow me on all social media platforms, as I always state. You can find me anywhere. We're here live for the 34th episode of Backyard Footy, where each episode I dive into the background, journeys, and experiences of professional athletes, former athletes, and anyone that's involved with the game. I hope everyone enjoyed my last episode, giving insight to us athletes during this corona hiatus. Please, please, please stay safe and clean out there during these times. It's only picking up and it's getting worse. As you heard, some of us athletes in the USL are now catching this disease, so it's getting serious. So please stay clean and safe. Hope you guys also enjoyed that, giving insight to what we've been up to, how we've been trying to stay fresh with our touches, trying to stay in shape, just giving insight to what we've been up to during this hiatus. It hasn't, it hasn't been easy, but I hope you guys uh, got a little insight to what we've been up to. I have a brand new perspective for you, though. My next guest works for ESPN and has been working for them for the past 10 years. He officially works for the ESPN Front Row, the events department, where he does digital content for them. He is also a writer and director of special projects at The Undefeated. A quick glance at his work, and it's safe to assume that soccer and the coverage of historically black colleges and universities and universities are among his passions. He's interviewed some of the top footy athletes worldwide flying to Spain to visit and get a behind-the-scenes access at Atletico Bilbao and La Liga, as well as, well as other top clubs in Spain. He has also served as a producer on three ESPN film projects, most notably The Redemption Song, a Spike Lee executive produced film about Howard University's NCAA Division I championship soccer teams of the 70s. He's a very prominent writer for ESPN in the soccer world, as well as the black community. So without further ado, I'm very, very, very excited to introduce to you guys Mark Wright. Yes, sir. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good to see you. Likewise, likewise. I guess I don't need these. Technically, I'm not connected there. So we already started recording, though, so we're already live right now. We can get, jump into it whenever you're ready. Okay. Cool, man. So, I'm on the hot seat. Yeah, 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 yeah. How you been, though? How's everything going during, for you during this uh, virus and hiatus? Man, just, well, first of all, we're safe and healthy, and Good, there's, yep. there's no issue there. So that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't want to start out complaining. Right. So <laughs> I'll start out being grateful first. And then I'll complain. We're locked in this house <laughs> with right. everybody. Uh, it's four of us here: my wife uh, and our two boys. I've got two freshmen: a freshman in high school and a freshman wow. in college. And so, um, you, you know, 
thankfully uh, the house has enough room where we can kind of all find our respective corners. Right. Where we're not, we're not uh, sitting on top of each other too much. So right, it, right. It, it's, not, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> Project-wise, though, how have you been, you know, you're staying at home more. How have you been adjusting some, doing more projects at home? So, um, you know, technically I've been working from home for the better part of the past, gosh, four or five years, maybe mm. even longer. So, uh, when I worked for the undefeated up until the middle of last year, mm-hmm. uh, um, I worked, I worked out of my Charlotte home and traveled when the story needed me to travel or when gotcha. I needed to go to the corporate office. So gotcha. it hasn't been hard for me in that regard. And my wife also works from home as well. So. If I'm looking for things to complain about, <laughs> I, I can't complain about that. I assume your kids are now online with everything too, right? Oh yeah, they are completely yeah. online. It's They're crazy. Online with everything, yeah. My my oldest is in a is in a class right now. It's history class. He's at American University, and uh, they're they're doing a discussion today on go-go music. I, I, asked, <laughs> I asked him if he wanted me to come into the class and join in. <laughs> on go-go, yes, yes. Not too many people know about that either. DC no, native. Like do a little Chuck Brown. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, kind of tell us your story. How did you get started becoming a writer and a journalist? Um. Man, the short and sweet is, uh, you know, I'll go back to, mm-hmm. to high school, and I'm from the DMV, the Maryland, D.C. Uh, area, and I just remember uh, a lot of my friends saying that they knew exactly what they wanted to do, Right. and I'm like, oh, man, I, I'm just, I just don't know, but it's a lie, it, it, it's a lie, I always knew what I wanted to do, Right. I just, I just never said it, I was never shy, mm-hmm. I was always a good writer, mm-hmm. I, I always was, was uh crazy enough to stand in front of a crowd. I, le- I read the announcements at church, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I was always in front of people telling stories. And mm-hmm. I love sports, and sports was a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. So I just fell into it. I mm-hmm. fell into to journalism uh, and uh, pursued that at Howard University and, and never wavered in my decision to do that. Right. And then you go from Howard. How'd you kind of get your first... What was your first gig after that, after Howard? So I, I kind of feel like... Uh, like a true, like a true Jamaican, I think I was working <laughs> even even while I was at Howard. Yep. Uh, I think I did, um, I think eight or nine internships while I was at Howard. Wow! Like ev- every summer, I was wow. I did an internship. Wow! Uh, and my first internship was I, I fancied myself in my early life as being a TV sports anchor guy. Right. <laughs> right. 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 You know, with the suit and tie, and you know, doing the highlights. Uh, I was I was fascinated by that, but mm-hmm. I quickly realized after doing a couple of those internships, those internships didn't pay, and those jobs would require me to live in five or six or seven or eight different places before I settled. Right, right, right. And I just I just wasn't uh, about that, but I fell into print. So my first gig, my first real job, was actually at the Washington Times mm-hmm. on the copy desk, on the sports copy desk. Mm-hmm. So. The, the sports writers would go out and file their stories, and after everything was done, they'd send it to the copy desk to make it pretty. Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you went from there. How'd you kind of dive into ESPN? So um, I did that ES that uh, Washington Times job um, for about two years, and then. Um, uh, I, I moved over. I, fa- I found a job at, at BET, and at the time, BET mm. had a couple of magazines 
Um, one was uh, called Emerge Magazine, which mm-hmm. was a black news, it's like our Black Time, yep. or, 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 or close to Black Enterprise. And, yeah. and uh, its sister publication was Young Sisters and Brothers Magazine. Mm. And I worked there, and that's where actually I met my, my wife, who's also a journalist. Nice. And um, since she's not here, she saw me, laid eyes on me, and she changed, I changed her life forever. And then, um, and that's how that happened. And then after that, we were there shortly. And then I then we moved to New York, and she's from the Jersey area. I followed mm-hmm. her, gotcha. and I got a job at Black Enterprise, and that's really where things took off for me. I gotcha. started, I started doing some bigger pieces, right. and then short stint of Black Enterprise, and boom, I'm at ESPN the magazine. Wow! So you met yeah. ESPN while being up there, and everything. It's crazy how timing works. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, absolutely. And you haven't looked yeah. back. You, Man, I've been reading a bunch of your articles, too. It's been taken off ever since. I love your articles. Well, thank you, man, thank you. I, I fancy myself as not just somebody who wants to accumulate clips or just right. to say, I've written 200 pieces, but I really want to write pieces that uh, tell stories from right. beginning to end. And uh, I, I would hate for you to Google one of my pieces and you say, man, it sound, you sound like this guy. Mm-hmm, you sound mm-hmm. like a piece. That would be mm-hmm. the worst compliment ever, a non-compliment. Mm-hmm. I, I want my pieces to kind of be different. And I, I'll walk away from a piece if I feel like it's been overdone mm-hmm. or it's been told a million times. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my thing. The process of learning and continuing right. to get better never, never stops. Kind of like, you know, in your field of work where you right. know you have a great game today, tomorrow... You start from zero again, exactly. right? Exactly. Next guy, the next guy could have you, right? I like that. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think a journalist's point of view is just as important as an athlete's? Um, well, I mean, it, it, it's all about, um, you know, I, I, I tackle my stories. Um, sometimes you go into a story kind of knowing what you want to do, knowing right. what you want to write. It's kind of like getting the, uh, you know, the game plan for an opponent. Hey, they do this well, they do that well, but you know, they could switch a lineup on you right. that you never saw coming. And you're like, Whoa, what do we do now? Well, you got to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. be prepared for, for whatever might come your way. I'll give you a great case in point. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote a piece. It just filed just yesterday on, um, professional barbers who cut mm-hmm. celebrities and athletes and you might have read the piece and yep. the piece was supposed to be on this brother sheldon edwards who's jamaican yeah uh and he basically cuts all the big stars in the prim mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. raheem jesus all the big stars in the prim mm-hmm. and, and, and in europe and i went into the piece wanting to profile him tell his story mm-hmm. um and so did the interview and, and he was fine. He, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't very open. He didn't, you know, he just kind of gave me canned answers. Right. Um, and I felt like, uh, I really need a little bit more and I would reach out and you get to the point where you feel like a source is like not really giving you. Mm-hmm. Or is I feel that same way you, too with this. Yeah. Yeah. Unwilling to give you what you, you want. So, yeah. I had to scramble, so that's the lineup changed on me. I had to scramble mm-hmm. and find some other people who would balance the story out. Mm-hmm. And I fell into uh, 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 Vince Garcia, who's mm-hmm. from Toronto, and he's out in L.A., and he cuts all the Lakers and all the Clippers. Yeah. It's 33 years old, young man, and he was just really forthcoming and forthright with his story. And gotcha. when I when we started talking about COVID-19 and how it's affected his business, he has 11 barbers in his shop. And he was just like, I'm really not worried about me right now. I'm worried about my other barbers because when we're not working, 
we're not getting paid. Right, right And I'm right. like, you know what? I think this dude just turned into my, uh, the person who's going to headline this story. Uh, I'll, still include, I'll still include Sheldon, right. but I think this guy's story will resonate with regular people which is very true i mean i read it and i didn't even know about this adjustment at all so i'm just reading it i was going to touch on vince garcia anyways and it was a great article but it's very interesting hearing how you adjust it on the fly and kind of switch the roles and i like that a lot but vince too i mean he's cut drake Ludacris, damian litter kyle kuzma everybody too so i mean it's very prominent i know people definitely fed off that as well yeah yeah i can't i can't big him up um uh, and I don't mind doing it because uh, along the way he would check in. Hey man, how's it going? Do you need Kyle Kuzma's number? Who wow. do you need? And, and, and wow. here's the thing. Right? Here's the thing. Uh, I don't want to blow him up too much. Right. But this, right. Guy, this guy's doing fine. Right. He's doing okay. Right. He doesn't have to check in with me, but he did that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's 33 years old. And look, I had to find out from the second barber in the piece who I profiled, um, uh, Brownie Blends. Um, I had to find out from Brownie that Vince was a barber on HBO's The Shop. Like, Vince didn't even tell me. That's how humble he is. Wow. Yeah, that's how humble it is. And when wow. I asked him, like, I'm like, Vince, you know, I'm going to need you now, buddy, to give me some clients that, you, that you've cut. And yeah. he's like, ah. I'm like, nah, man, just give me some names. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't want to, he did it, but, you know, he kind of struggled. With right, it, but, right, right, right. So, yeah, big time humbles. So, yeah, I had to pivot and change it, and it worked out for the best. Mm. And so, yeah. did he share a lot of good insight when it comes to the other athletes that he's cutting? Yeah, so, you know, what he said was he's learned a lot from, so he cuts everybody, right? right he cut, right. you know, athletes, celebrities, uh, business professionals, entrepreneurs, and he says, you know, um, while he's sitting there cutting people, he's just picking their brains. Right. That's what I'm He's saying. You have picking, so much yeah. time right there on a barber's chair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Almost an yeah. hour. Yeah, yeah. He's just sitting there picking their brains. And mm. I, I told him and talking to him, I'm like, dude, you sound like an old soul. Like, why you, you're not this, why do you sound so mature? You know, he's like, I just spend all my time hanging around my older relatives. Mm. And um, it's funny, raised in Jamaica, this is something that we do, that this part of our heritage. And I think I bonded with Vince who is, um, you know, born and raised in Toronto, mm-hmm. Filipino hair, got bonded with him more than I bonded with my guy at, H- at Sheldon mm-hmm. Edwards. Wow. Cuts. It'd be like that yeah. sometimes, though, you know? He's like that sometimes. All right. And that's why you got kind of directed towards him just going into the realm with the guy you thought. It's funny how Pretty sometimes much. it works like that. It branches yeah. you off into the right thing you're supposed to write. So I'm exactly. very exactly. glad it worked coach, out like coach, that. Coach might come to you and say, look, man, you, I need you to, uh, you're six today. Right, right. Seriously, yep. six today because mm-hmm. uh, our regular six can't stay with this guy. Mm-hmm. We need we need somebody to put a body on this guy, and I mm-hmm. think that's you. Yeah, right. Completely and that's, agree. That's the game. You know, positions in our game, right? Right, Just right. Play. right. Exactly. So, Got to be able yeah. to adjust on the fly too. That's it. That's it. So you wrote another excellent piece about going over to La Liga in Spain, giving insight to Atletico Bilbao and some of the other, and I wouldn't say smaller clubs because it's still in top division, but not a Real Madrid and Barcelona. Yeah. How was that whole experience for you? <clears throat> so that that whole experience, I mean, I came back. So I was there February third through the tenth. So right before, you know, COVID nineteen, right, coronavirus became the storyline of our lives, right, right. So I flew in on February 3rd um, and laid over in Madrid. And 
I saw everybody, you know, security guards and people walking around with masks. And I'm like, is this a Michael Jackson thing? <laughs> what? What's wrong with me? Is this how it is over here? Right. And, and literally, you know, four weeks later, we're here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful. Hey, thankful I, I was able to make the trip. Healthy, too. And then have the trip of a lifetime. So anyway, um, the trip was absolutely phenomenal. And so, I, 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 you know, I'm a, I'm an EPL guy. I'm not a La Liga guy. I know mm-hmm. the players. I don't know the leagues outside of the big top teams that you named. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know, you know, I, I couldn't tell you anything about Athletic Bilbao, uh, uh, you know, Abar, Alabas. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you about anything about the Basque region. Right. And I thought it was really smart of La Liga to take 13 journalists from all over the world. Oh, wow. And say, look, we're going to show you our brand. Wow. We're going to show you our brand and we're going to give you tours of these um, smaller or mid-table clubs. Mm -hmm. Right. So you go back to your respective countries. Right. Mm -hmm. And now you'll be disciples. Wow. Uh, At least you'll you'll, you'll know a little bit more. So it was I represented... uh, the U.S. Mm-hmm. Or, or or Jamaica and the U.S. I had I had uh, we had somebody from South Africa, Mexico, Colombia, Denmark, Singapore, Egypt, Argentina, wow. Thailand, Indonesia, and now all of these people in the U.K. and now all of these journalists are my friends. Yeah, yeah, forever too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because yep. we drank a lot of wine together. <laughs> um, we got we went to games together, and, and football was our thing that unified us. I mean, so. I mean, I'm I'm here in the house. I gotta like low key this trip because yeah. my wife is like, so wait, let me, let, me, <laughs> let me get this straight. So you went here, here, right, here, right, right, without this, me. This, <laughs> yeah, without me. <laughs> and credit to them too for doing that. I mean, I, I haven't really heard of a club flying in journalists from the world actually yeah. giving access and insight into what they've been doing and how their their fundamental principles are. I mean. I know that was an incredible experience. What kind of did they show you guys? I'm sure you saw training. I'm su- I'm sure you saw like the locker room and things like that. But anything else behind the scenes? So yeah, so we saw we got the you know behind the scenes, um, you know tours of all the stadiums, got the history, yeah. sat in the stadiums, watched trainings, all of those things were great, and. I've been doing this for a long time, so I've seen those things before, right? right? right. So, so those <laughs> things didn't really make me go wow. But what made, made me go wow is, you know, um, I, I never, I never been to Victoria. I never been to um, San Sebastian. Right. I never been to the city of Abar, um, and so just going to these cities and eating at these restaurants and seeing the different cultures. I had a few moments. I had a few moments there where I was like. All right, what have I done to deserve this? Right. Like this one, this one, it's it really humbled me, and it mm. was really it, that's what I took away from the experience. And um, you know, shout out to my guys at ESPN dot uh, com who you know gave me allowed me their platform mm-hmm. to to write this thing, and I wrote this story on the plane. Oh wow! On the way back, I was so I was so jacked to yeah. you know, start the story. Uh, I rode it on the plane. It's a long ass flight. Right, so, right, right. <laughs> you got time. <laughs> plenty of time. Kept the iPad uh, charged, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we we had some back and forth. And there's some things that you know the editor writer relationship or editor will say, "Hey, I'm going to change this," and then mm-hmm. 
if you're a grizzly vet like myself, you could say, nah, I don't change that. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was, I'm glad to, to, you know, get that opportunity and, and write a couple pieces. So how would you compare the styles, the fundamentals, and the principles from La Liga that you learned from in comparison here domestically in the States? So, um, you know, and I think I made this point in the piece, um, you know, in the U.S., in American culture, we're still, we're fans of the game. Mm -hmm. And that's no disrespect. Uh, We're fans of the game, and the game is just, is still growing on us, right? right? right. Our domestic league is 25 years old, right? right? Um, These clubs that I visited, you know, were started in the early 1900s, right? We're talking about generations upon generations upon generations. So when you cut these people, uh, it comes out of their vein. It's in their, it's it's part of, (laughs) he said it's part of culture. This is, this is, so these rivalries, um, like a lot of these clubs, it's not about winning La Liga. Mm-hmm. It's not about. It's about just staying in the top flight mm-hmm. because uh, you know these clubs are oftentimes the lifeblood of their communities. Mm. Like the A Bar, the A Bar um, Stadium, um, and it's uh, forgive me with the pronunciation. It's the Ipura Ipura. Mm. Only seats eight thousand people. Mm. I mean, and you sit in there, and and it's like uh, it feels like a high school, a big high school um, stadium. Right. Uh, so when they play Messi, and shortly after the trip, Messi uh, Barcelona did play them, beat them five one, <laughs> and I think Messi gave them for himself. Uh, it's kind of an honor to get beat by Messi. Right, Messi. right, right. Just to have him in your stadium. <laughs> <laughs> just to have the just to have the goat come to your stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and put four on you himself. Um, it, it's so it just it just means a lot. And I and I think as far as American culture, we ought to just stop. We shouldn't even try to compare our brand of football, our culture of football, with anybody else. Right. Don't even. It's a non-starter. Right. Don't compare yourselves to Spain, we to England, exactly. You, because and look, even what we're doing here in the states, for example, we have a new a new team uh, coming here in, in in Charlotte, and that's mm-hmm. wonderful. And mm-hmm. I'm excited, just like you and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna have to build. You're gonna. We're building something, and we're we're building this for our kids, right? Not not for the parents, right? It's for our kids and their right. kids, and that's what football tradition right. is. And it's just getting started too, so I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. You also wrote a couple pieces about racism in soccer, more specifically overseas. You wrote about Atletico Bilbao and a couple of players on their team. How has that affected, you know, soccer overseas in general? So um, I'm not a big resolution guy, but mm-hmm. at the end of 2019, I think I posted some. I saw uh, another incident of a black player just being harassed and hazed. And, and I forget what the play, who the player was. It hardly matters right now. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to help. I'm going to, I'm dedicating the 2020 to be the, the year where I'm one of the voices. I like that. That sheds light on this, yeah. uh, that's muddying up and dirtying up our game. I said that it was a moment. It was an emotional emo- moment. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know anything about um, you know, having the Spain trip, I didn't know that I would be going to 
Basque Country. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't know I'd be going to uh, Athletic Bilbao, which has a, a policy in place where they only have players from the Basque region. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and their best player happens to be black, but he was born uh, in the Basque Country. But that's a separate matter. Um, I think that, um, you know, the racism towards black players, it's, it's a stain on our game that I don't know um, if it's going to be washed away anytime soon. Right. And what I think, what I think ultimately is going to have to happen. And so every now and then you're seeing basically just slaps on the wrist to certain teams, slaps mm -hmm. on the wrist to certain leagues. Mm -hmm. I think governing bodies all over the, all over the world are going to have to come together and say, look, this is a one strike and you're out of the game right. situation. Right. And we're all going to have to come together. Right. Uh, look, you know, racism is, is not, is not a football problem. Mm -hmm. Right, it's a society. It's a societal problem, uh, but football and sport is a big part of society, mm -hmm. and I think we can be leaders in that. You don't hear that happening in America. Mm -mm. We got we got racism in America, don't we? Yes, we do. Oh yeah, yeah. But you don't you don't see that now. If something like that, let's just say, in an MLS game, mm -hmm. a fan threw a banana at a black player, mm -hmm. right? Um, what probably would happen was would be that person would be instantly mauled and taken out of the, by by people sitting next to them. Right, right. But what's happening in, in some parts of Europe is uh, people like that have a little colony mm. to themselves, mm. and uh, they build they they actually build um, you know a, 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 it, it becomes one person becomes two and three and yep. four and then it gets built it, yep. it gets big. Um, but uh, I think it's something that, uh, you know, leagues and people have talked about, you know, uh, trying to, and maybe, you know, now that we've all been in a situation where we're now sitting down, we mm -hmm. can't play. Yeah. Um, and now we realize literally game's been taken away from all of us. Right. Sport has been taken away from all of us. Right. Um, and maybe now this is one of the things that we're thinking about and saying, right. look, when we come back, how, how are we going to, how are we going to be better right. in every facet? And this has to be topic number one, too, in my book. I agree. And that's interesting you say that. I mean, you look at, like, the Italian League, for example, how there's a whole little colony and a column in the section of the stadium where people are just monkey chanting, throwing bananas and all these things. But that's been kind of going off what you're saying, embedded in the history yeah. for yeah. generations and generations. Little kids are growing up hearing this and seeing this, like, hey, I'm going to do the same thing as my father. So yeah. it's much, much deeper than the game, and I agree. It's probably not going to be solved in the next decade or so, and it's going to take time, yeah. but it's definitely a number one, number two issue that needs to be solved tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. And I think what you're finding is uh, today's generation of players um, are, are starting to understand and starting to be sensitized to what's right and what's wrong. Right. Right? So um, while dad might be doing this, the kid might say, you know what, daddy? This is probably this right. isn't right, and what you what you're probably going to find is you're going to find that the world's best players just aren't going to play there. Right. You know what I mean? The I world's agree. best players aren't going to play there. Mm -mm. I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a Man United fan. Look, Lukaku left England because I, I didn't talk to him personally, mm -hmm. but based on what I've read and based on what I've seen from him, he left England because because of that. Right. He's just like, I, and look, he leaves. And he's balling out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely balling out. Mm -hmm. It's not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. I agree yeah. with that. 
So kind of going on the same kind of subject, in 2016, you wrote an article about a North Carolina cop who said the fear of a black man is real. And that was the title as well. Very great article. What kind of inspired you to write that? It's kind of off topic, off a sports topic, but definitely relevant. What kind of inspired you to write that? Yeah. So um, at the time in, in the piece, uh, we had some we it was a it was a tough time in America and particularly in Charlotte where we had some incidents uh, of of uh, police brutality toward black men mm-hmm. and and we actually had a black man die mm-hmm. and um, at the time I was at the undefeated and actually that cop is a friend of mine mm-hmm. and our kids play soccer together mm-hmm. and um, so he was an easy phone call to make right. Um, but he didn't necessarily want to talk to me about it, right? right. Because of fear of backlash within his own department mm-hmm. or, you know, just rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I broke him down one day and we were just talking man to man. And uh, and I put him in a situation. I'm like, hey, man, you know, if you were in that situation, what would you do? Right. What do you do when you pull somebody over? What goes through your mind? And as you can see from the piece, he was he was really transparent. Um, and after I filed the piece and I read it back to him, mm-hmm. he actually didn't want me to run the piece. Oh, wow. He, he didn't want me to run it. He was like, you know, um, maybe I'm saying too much or mm. maybe, you know, you know, he worried about his own of job. Course, of right? course, of course. Um, but I told him, I'm like, look. Um, you're being used as a vessel right now, brother, mm-hmm. to and allow me to put the words together. This is what I'm trained to do. Mm-hmm. And then his wife actually said, um, "No, nah, this is the right thing to do." And I think um, if I look at at if I would, you know, rank all my stories in terms of likes, um, retweets, and reach. That story, that non-sports story, mm. is probably the most read, most liked, most shared story um, that I've written probably in the last five years. Wow. Interesting, yeah. too. I mean, people always want to know insight, especially from a cop per se, and that's, I'm yeah. very glad you did that because I learned a lot from, uh, myself. If you haven't listened, please go back and you know read his article about that. But it's very relevant, like you said, and we're here in North Carolina, too, down in the south yeah. a little bit, and you know how it is down here some, so... I can actually see how you did get a lot more likes and retweets because I think people really want to know sometimes outside of sports how we're still being affected on the, in our daily sure. lives. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you also wrote a piece uh, on Barack Obama down at North Carolina A&T, yeah. giving a behind-the-scenes look into his town hall meeting. How was that experience for you? So, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that was just another story. <laughs> Right. That was that was um, I believe that was also in 2016 and it was coming on or maybe 2015, 16, coming to the end of his second term. And at that time, if you remember, um, the former president was just doing things that it was almost like just checking, checking the boxes on his bucket list. Right. Giving people Nobel Peace Prizes and and just, you know, he gave zero. You know what? I mean, Mm -hmm. he was just like. I'm, I'm leaving my mark. Mm. And one of those things he wanted to do was um, visit a historically black college um, and give a town hall. And at the Undefeated, to that point, we had done a series of town halls at different places. And the opportunity came up. Um, uh, uh, 
by my former boss, uh, Kevin Merida, who had a, a connect at the White House, and one thing kind of led to another. Mm. And I was based here uh, in Charlotte, so I was the I was one of the people that the undefeated kind of chose to be the liaison between the White House and uh, the undefeated. Wow. And so, uh, you know, when we did our site visits, for example, like, mm-hmm. where are we going to have this? Um, are the buildings secure? I was there with, like, White House detail. Mm. Um, and, and, and so that was just, like, it was really, I got to know the people right. behind the scenes. And uh, so I was always going to be kind of involved in it. But um, in the middle of it, I thought, uh, along with my um, director friend, Ken and Holly, that it might be a really cool thing for us to further document this mm-hmm. um, storied event um, if we did like a behind the scenes making of uh, Barack Obama's visit gotcha. to North Carolina. Wow. And, and we did that. And that was just, I mean, that was just, that right. was everything. That's history right there. Seriously. Yeah, for, for, and look, he walks into, you know, he walks into a room and what you see on tv like you see that swag you see that cool you see that you see that thoughtfulness maybe some you ask him a question and he gives you that 20 minute pause mm-hmm. uh it's because he's actually thinking about his answers right. first and um and that was really really good to see that in person and i was lucky enough to have my wife there mm. and my two sons there mm. uh to, to see that I, I don't know if uh uh, they remember that. I mean, sure they remember, but you know, in 10, 15 years, yeah. when, they're, when they're talking and trying to one up their friends, they'll <laughs> say, look, but yeah, but did you meet Barack Obama? Though? No? Okay. <laughs> right, right. But you know, they're always going to say that for the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, exactly. what crazy experience. I'm glad you got a, you know, one, yeah. got to experience it and share it with us too. Reading that article definitely shed a lot of insight for me personally. So how do you plan on staying influential in the black community as well as as well as the soccer community? So um, I think on the uh, on on the the soccer side, I think I, I um, you know the platform that I've been given is to um, be a voice and to uh, tell stories. Right. And so whether it's a soccer story, which is everybody knows that's my first love, whether it's soccer or or any sport really. Um, I want to be able to uh, take my time, uh, tell stories, write them the right way, and make sure it. You know, if, if it's one of the one of the articles that I end up seeing in five years, I won't be ashamed to read it. Right. You know, I won't be ashamed. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I wrote that. And you know, the craft is is uh, I take the craft seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on a I was on a group chat with some friends here locally, and uh, one of the guys on the chat. Um, uh, shared a tweet from another journalist who uh, spotlighted a typo in a story on ESPN.com, right? And and I and I took offense to that. Right. And the reason I took offense to that is if if I found that typo on another platform, whether it's ESPN.com, what I'm going to do is I'm going to contact ESPN over that flat platform and say, "Hey, guys." You spell this player's name wrong, fix it. Right. Because there's that general respect for the craft, mm-hmm. right? Respect for the craft that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I feel about the craft. I mean, look, you're you're in Charlotte today. Mm-hmm. You could be traded, you know, tomorrow. Right. Um, you still respect the game. You 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 understand it's a business. 
and 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 you know that right and so so i i kind of i take it seriously my my friends probably tell me i'm a little too serious with it but you know i've i've had a great um career and been in some great places because of this thing here just writing stories in in, in a sweatsuit right 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 and i mean it's got you here this far and it's been very influential for you you definitely have a great voice i feel like in the soccer community so i really respect you for what you've been doing it's much appreciated Thank you, man. I appreciate that. So what? what's up with you? What's up with you? I'm going to put you on the hot seat. What's that going on? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, now that we have some more time, we really, Mike just sent out an email two days ago saying we're going to extend the hiatus probably until end of April, going into May. I mean, obviously, they send us some workouts to do every single day, but it's really just been giving me more time to focus on my brand, Backyard Footy, trying to grow that some more uh, yeah. in different avenues like apparel interviewing people like you, um, just doing kind of more FaceTime-ish kind of things. I did my most recent episode recently with uh, over 15 players from the USL and the MLS, and I called all these guys via FaceTime just to share insights of what we've been up to. Um, so, yeah, that was a great episode. That's kind of what I've been on. I'm trying to become more financial uh, literate as well. Um, just trying to improve myself, read some more. It's definitely giving me some more free time, but just trying to stay active too myself. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. Well, I told you offline that if if I can um, help you in any way, like if there's anybody that you want to uh, maybe interview or there's some sources that you want, maybe awesome. some research that you're doing for a subject, yeah, feel free uh, to reach out and I'll be happy to, to be a resource to you. That'd be at, much appreciated. At, 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 for a small nominal fee. Yeah, yeah of course. I got you. <laughs> you have any uh, goals and aspirations? Um, yeah, plenty. Uh, I, I, I think, um, you know, you know, once we get through this crazy phase, um, that we can all kind of get back to normalcy. Um, and I think I'm not saying anything here that hasn't been said already. It's going to be tough for everybody. It's going to be tough for all of us to get back to, to normal. Um, and, and I think inside of that, there's going to be stories that will need to be told. And, um, and, and respect for accuracy is going to be um, paramount. And I think I'm in a position where um, I, I'm one of those voices to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think I want to do some more writing, some more impactful writing. Mm-hmm. I want to do some um, uh, some more documentaries, uh, long long ones, hopefully, and short ones, um, because that really gives me that gives me joy, and mm-hmm. I enjoy that. Um, if you, you know, you, you put a gun to my head and told me I couldn't do this anymore, I would just say pull the trigger because, uh, it's what I do and it's what I enjoy doing. And I think, um, you know, I do it for my boys. I know they watch me Mm -hmm. and, um, they see the passion that I have for the craft and, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't body them anymore like I used to. <laughs> well, I can shield the hell out of them. That's what, Jamaica, that's what Jamaicans do. Of course, of course. Use our body well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if, uh, if if you play the ball to space, I'm not going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to beat them in other ways right. and show that, that I'm still the guy. Right, right, of course. So, yeah, that's you know that that's just it. Just kind of staying staying busy and, and also staying relevant as well and and learning new 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 things and talking with uh, young guys like you, so I don't I don't wake up one day and I'm the old fogey. I, 
Um, so, so yeah, that, that, that's it. That's at least part of my plan. Nice. And lastly, kind of tell us who've been some of your favorite athletes you've gotten a chance to interview, talk to in general. Um, so favorite athlete who I haven't gotten a chance to talk to yet. Um, I think, um, LeBron James is probably the most important, um, person in sports. I agree. Uh, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that LeBron James had planned to be described thusly. Um, I think he, I think he fell into it. He, you know, think about, think about the LeBron of 2008 or whatever that was when he was, you know, I'm taking my talents to, to, right. to I mean, there's a different person, right? He's, right. he's a different person today. And he fell into using his platform for something other than, um, himself mm-hmm. right um and being a voice for his his uh his community and building schools and not and 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 saying you know bump everybody who wants me to be mm-hmm. like jordan wants me to be like magic i'm gonna be who i am right and and still be great at it this guy's 106 years old in basketball years <laughs> seriously and, and he's still killing people mm-hmm. right not mm-hmm. just you know staying relevant killing. like murdering people right. <laughs> MVP status, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so um, he, he's he's the most important. I haven't had a chance to to sit with him yet, but that's also one of my goals. I'd Some like to com- do that. I'm the biggest LeBron James fan, and annoys my sons. And I, I'm right there with you, though. <laughs> I was I was saying before we got uh, cut off was um, one of the things I'd like to do is uh, do an interview with LeBron with my sons in the room. Mm. So, so they can appreciate greatness. Yeah. But in terms of, uh, in terms of, um, you know, the most impactful athlete um, I've ever interviewed, it's a very short list, and um, the first one is Bill Russell. Mm. Many, many, many years ago, I was able to um, do an interview with um, Bill Russell and Shaq while Shaq was still playing, wow. and the idea was to put old school and new school in the same. Um, at the same table and just have them kind of, you know, love on each other. Right, right. Um, You're my inspiration. No, you're my inspiration. Just kind of have that and just be that the the, uh, journalist to kind of put the recorder down and sit back and get out of it. Right, right. That's exactly what happened. Um, Wow. When you sit in in a room and you look at Bill Russell, knowing what he has been through, Mm -hmm. knowing Mm -hmm. the era that he played in, Mm -hmm. knowing what he had to overcome as a black athlete in Boston in the 50s Um, you just you just kind of you know you have to just pay homage and I was enamored and so was Shaq Mm. Um, um, so that's the first one the second one there's only there's only been uh, I'll give you a a third one the second one was um, uh, Jim Brown and Mm. I was uh, I've been tracking Jim Brown for I forget what story and had a, a million numbers to call. Finally, you know, dial the number, and he answers the phone. Hello, and it wasn't his assistant or the PR person. And I said, uh, 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 stuttering, <laughs> "May I speak with Mr. Brown, please?" And he said, "This Jim." And you heard that raspy, you know, this Jim. Yeah. And it, it, I just realized, like, okay, so I'm actually talking to the goat here. Like right, this. right, right. <laughs> This is Jim Brown. And, you know, that's the hard part about um, what I do 
you really have to um, forget that you're talking to Allen Iverson. Forget mm-hmm. that Michael mm-hmm. Jordan is sitting in front of you and wants you to hurry up and ask your question because you only have five minutes. You have to forget about all of that. Right. But sometimes when you sit in front of greatness and you know what they've accomplished, I think you have to give yourself some mercy and, and say, look, it's okay to just fanboy right now. Yeah. You know, right. just okay. You can apologize later. All right. <laughs> so those are just two, those are just two. And I don't know that that list will get much longer because, um, you know, especially if that's, you know, if, if you're talking about Bill Russell, Jim yeah. Brown type levels. Yeah. No, nah, but that's, yeah. those are great top athletes that have been very influential in this whole yeah. country for years yeah. and years. So yeah. I know that was yeah. a great experience. Yeah, for sure. But I appreciate you, Mark, for coming on. It's been a great episode. Very, very insightful. Thank you for all the information. I hope so. I hope I didn't ramble too much. Nah, nah, not at all. I've had much longer ones. And even just this short amount of time has been very, very insightful. And I'm very excited to get this one out. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, where will this land? When will people get it? How can I help you? Yeah, so I'll probably put the audio together and have it released by Monday. I'm going to promote you. I'm gonna, I am gonna. was actually going to tell you, text me some or send me some pictures of your athletes that you've been with so i can just put it on ig and twitter i'm going to announce you tomorrow um but yeah so i've just followed you on twitter i'm on ig i'm on facebook and i'm on instagram as well follow me uh, it's backyard footy on all platforms where can actually tell fans where how they can find you where they can find you on Uh, social media i am i am on all the platforms and it's right one uh w-r-i-g-h-t underscore o-n-e mm-hmm um and so that's how you find me also if if uh, people want to find me professionally as well i'm on linkedin and it's mark the middle initial w right mm-hmm. um and there as well so because uh, you know it's not all about fun and games right. about working too right. so and i'll yeah. be sending you the audio too once this gets published i'll send it to you beforehand before it's even released too so you can listen okay. to it before um i release it on apple podcast okay sounds good man appreciate it listen but I, mm-hmm. uh, Big up to you, man, and for what you're doing, and and for you know understanding that um, you're a professional athlete, and it doesn't mean that that professionalism is just on the field. Right, you got to be thinking about um, you know the next chapter and the next thing that you're going to be doing. And uh, I know we have a mutual friend in Bilal Duckett. Who, yeah. Uh, you know, shout out to Bilal and, uh, you know, who kind of, not going to say he wrote the book. I'm going to shout out. I'm not going to, come on, Bilal. Uh, but, but uh, you know, he's really, you know, he's been uh, probably a bit of a big brother to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Because he's so old. Keep that on. But they don't edit that out. Um, but uh, I'm big up to you for doing what you're doing. and understanding you. that, you know, the game's going to last a certain time. Right. And uh, you don't want to, you don't want to get ready. Right. When your playing days are over, you want to start doing that right to now. Exactly why I started this. Exactly. I appreciate <laughs> you for all that. Seriously. Yes. yes, sir. But yeah, well, definitely be in contact. Text me over those pictures whenever you get a chance, and I'll, uh, I'm going to announce you tomorrow. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate stay you again, Mark. Stay, inside. stay yes. safe, too, and stay healthy. God bless. <laughs> I'll right. talk to you all soon, right, all right? Have a good one. I'll talk to you. All right. Later. Bye bye. Backyard Footy is brought to you by the BGN Network of Podcasts. That's bgn.fm on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the BGNFM. Thank you again for tuning in. Make sure you give Mark a follow, not even just a follow. Tune into all his articles online. These are very, very great, insightful articles. He's 
He's a very good writer. I definitely recommend um, checking out some of his most recent pieces. And thank you again. Subscribe, like, and continuously follow. My next guest will be announcing soon. Talk to you soon, footy fans.